From the Breslin Center to Little Caesars Arena, we've got the sports opinions that matter to you. From the Driven Collision Studios, we make friends by accident. On the game, 7.30 a.m. The views and positions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the game 7.30 a.m. Some may find the content of this program controversial or offensive. Put on your big boy pants and buckle up. This isn't a safe space for weak takes or whining. You can say that this sports radio show is offensive-minded. Call the show at 517-300-4263. Text or call us through the game, 7.30 a.m. Message the game, 7.30 a.m. on Facebook. Guess who's back? Back again. Beanie's back. Tell a friend. Here's your host and professional Hellraiser, Beanie How was your Tuesday night? Yeah. How has been the last three months for you? Anyway, at least it's a hump day. 517-342-63. That's the phone line here on Offensive Minded. You can email the show beanie at wvfnam.com. Use Facebook. Send us a message or comment there. Search Facebook for the game, 7.30 a.m. Or use the free game, 7.30 a.m. app. Click chat. Sends over a free text to us. We'll read it and wrap with you on air that way. You know, between another basketball, I don't know. I I mean, it's embarrassing, yeah. They played pretty embarrassing for, for good stretches of that game. Yeah, between MSU basketball getting embarrassed on a neutral court in November again and everything that's gone on on the field and off the field with MSU football, including last night while that game is playing out on the court, the Champions Classic, and all this smoke is blowing up on MSU Twitter and on message boards about Tony Elliott from Virginia, a guy who's 5-15 and 15 in two years as a head coach at crummy-ass Virginia, and then just completely oblivious media types and Spartan fans promoting Jason Candle from Toledo last night as his team was down 28-10 to 10 to Bowling Green. 
Now, they did come back and win by a point, but still, between all of that going on, I mean, basketball is peeing down its leg on the court against Duke again. Where have you heard that before? This god-awful football season, and then our fan base just whistling past the graveyard, talking about guys that are 5-15 and 15 at Virginia and a dude who's been at Toledo for a decade. Everything sucks! Why is everything suck? Why can't I have anything nice? That ought to be the new fight song, honestly. <laughs> so here's where we're going to start. We'll start with oops. When are we allowed to call it out? At what point are you going to call out this program, Tom Izzo's program, with the sterling reputation he built and frankly earned, at what point are we going to hold him and his program to account against the standards that he set? Michigan State basketball over the last four seasons is now 60 and 41. That is the definition of mediocre. And you know what? If you take out the non-conference auto wins, and I'm talking about the types like Oakland and Southern Indiana, take those out. The record is 45 and 41 over the last four seasons. Barely 500 in the Big Ten, 31 and 28. Oh, but it's all about the postseason with him. Yeah, is it? Okay. The last three postseasons have resulted a 3-3 and record for Michigan State. That is mediocre. And I've got people in this fan base telling me that Michigan State's a blue blood. No, this doesn't happen to blue bloods. Not for this long. Everyone's capable of having a down year. Fine. Everyone's capable of missing in a recruiting cycle or two. Yes, it can happen to anyone. You'll notice, though, it doesn't really tend to happen to the Dukes and Kansases of the world. But I've got some of you out there saying with a serious face on that this is a blue blood program and they're 60 and 41 in their last 100 games. Barely 500 in the Big Ten the last three full conference seasons and three and three in the NCAA tournament the last three seasons. Really? First of all, the whole concept of Michigan State being a blue blood is fundamentally and logically flawed from the outset and here's why at least in my estimation the way i look at blue bloods is that's a group that has a closed membership it is not open to new members the blue bloods are royalty in this sport and we don't add to that kentucky kansas duke north carolina those are the obvious ones you can make an argument for ucla although they haven't done anything in at least a generation Indiana, same problem. If you want to put them in, fine. I can live with it. But really, the big four, the big four Blue Bloods, Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, and North Carolina. Why don't we compare what Michigan State has done over the last three-plus seasons now to what some of those schools have done in the same time. Again, Michigan State in the last three-plus seasons now, 60 wins, 41 losses. 31-28 31-28 and 28 conference record over that span, and just 3-3 three and three in the big dance. Kansas over that same stretch, 91-23. and 23. They're 39-15 and 15 in conference play and 8-2 and two in the NCAA tournament. Duke over the same stretch, 74-28. and 28. 
39 and 19 in conference play and 5 and 2 in Big 10, excuse me, in the NCAA tournament. North Carolina, who by the way has had a couple of lean seasons in there, but North Carolina still outperforming Michigan State, 69 wins, 34 losses. They're 36 and 20 in league play and 5 and 2 in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so listen, if you were under the false pretense that Michigan State is a blue blood, do yourself a favor and stop saying that. That's just not possible. That's a group that does not take new members. It's a pretty exclusive club. And even if it were, you ain't going to get an invite because blue blood programs don't practically go 500 over the course of three or four seasons. And that's what Michigan State basketball is, an average, mediocre basketball program. That's what it is. That's what it's been. And by the way, again, I've got the the numbers to back this up. You don't just have to take my word for it, even though I'm right. But when you just when you tighten the scope and the context down to the just the Big Ten, Michigan State hasn't even been a top five Big Ten program over the last three plus basketball seasons. Again, overall record sixty and forty one, thirty one and twenty eight in Big Ten play. Over that same span, Purdue is 69 and 24 overall, 42 and 17 in league play. They've gone two and three in the big tournament. Illinois has been better, 69 and 31 overall, 42 and 18 in Big Ten play, also two and three in the NCAA tournament. Iowa has been better, 69 and 34, 37 and 23 in league play, one and three. In the big tournament, Michigan has been better. 63 wins, 36 losses overall with a 36 and 31 conference record, five and two in the NCAA. All of those marks better than Michigan State. Wisconsin, Wisconsin. And this this isn't Bo Ryan's Wisconsin either. They've been better. 63 wins, 38 losses, 34 and 26 in league play, two and two in the NCAA tournament. So at what point are we willing to call it for what it is? At what point? Honest question. Are you ready to do it? Now, I know it's borderline illegal to do anything other than complete reverential deference to Izzo around here. But call it like it is, man. These are the standards he made for this thing. And he ain't living up to them. His program is not up to par. Any way you slice it. I know he had a couple of bad recruiting classes. He missed. Had some guys transfer. Fine. Happens. It shouldn't lead to three plus completely mediocre seasons, though. There are a lot of things that frustrate the hell out of me. When it comes to Michigan State basketball, scheduling tough in November and losing most of those games. Is it frustrating? Yeah, but I can live with it because I know it generally pays off. But this is not just about last night, although that is getting old, right? Why even? It's it's hard to buy into the long con of it when you're just getting punked by Duke. Right. We're all sick of that. But that's not really what I'm talking about. It's overall body of work that has been undeniably mediocre 
But then there are other things that happen with this program that don't happen to the real heavyweights. Like, look at this class they brought in. He's got maybe his best recruiting class ever, right? Two five stars and Jeremy Fears and Xavier Booker. And did either of them even play last night? Booker, five minutes. Fears, seven minutes. That doesn't really happen at other big-time basketball programs. When they bring in five-star freshmen, they play. And they take away minutes from older guys. Not here. Not here. Because Tom Izzo is running this thing like Dusty Baker. He's got his guys. And I know Malik Hall played better last night. But man, dude, what's the point of bringing in these five stars if they ain't going to get a shot? Malik Hall wasn't their biggest problem at all last night. But A.J. Hogard was invisible. Why wasn't Fears taking some of those 31 minutes while A.J. was scoring two points? That doesn't happen at other programs. We know the other stuff that we get into every year. You know, he does things his way, and it's hard to argue with the results in the postseason. But, you know, never plays his own. I hear that every season. I don't really care about that. What bothers me more is he can have a a stud just absolutely going off on the court. And if he goes under one screen instead of over, yoink, he's out for five minutes of gameplay. Stuff like that drives me nuts. Guys aren't allowed to play through it or shoot through it. And he's so devoted to the older guys. I mean, what's the point of having a five-star freak of an athlete, Xavier Booker, if he's just going to sit there and watch? Ask yourself this question. You think John Shire would have just sat Xavier Booker for all but five minutes last night? Do you think any of the other coaches in the Champions Classic last night would have done that? I don't. Maybe that's part of what's going on here. And again, I, I don't want you to misunderstand. I'm not advocating for sacrificing long-term development to win a meaningless non-conference game in November. No, I would rather win a game in single elimination in March. Frankly, in April. That's what I would prefer. But I think you can have both. A lot of these programs do. Not us. We don't. At what point are you willing to call it out? At what point do you just embrace the reality? Michigan State basketball just hasn't been good for four freaking years now. Basically since the pandemic. Basically since Cassius Winston and those guys left. When Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman left, it's been a mediocre, about 500 programs since. That's not my opinion. That's the math. The numbers don't have feelings, just facts. That's what they've been, and it's a large sample size. When are you willing to call it out for that? 517-300-4263. We can go out to Jeff. Jeff, I know you were feeling good about a win over Duke. What happened, man? Well, I certainly didn't tune in today expecting a fire Izzo speech, but... I didn't. Did um, I ever say that once? Well, you know, you can imply things. <laughs> Dude, if I wanted <laughs> him fired, I would say... I'm not a coward. If I thought he should be fired, I would say it. I don't think he should be fired. I'm just saying, at what point 
do we call this out for what it is and call him out for what he's been the last three or four seasons, which is mediocre. And I think this year can get to that point. But last night's actually a little different. Yes, we lost, and that's happened quite a bit. But last night wasn't a coaching problem. He had him playing good. He, they were doing the plays. Last night was fairly a player problem. Can you? I could have made more shots than they did. They were wide open. They ran the plays. They got the shots. They just didn't perform. So really, I was impressed with those saying um, that he wasn't completely um, disappointed because they did a lot of things right. They just didn't make the shots. Okay. Having said that, hold on. One problem yeah, with it, that. Here's the problem. Look, I I think for the most part, you're right. He can't go out there and make the shots for him. But I do think there were some coaching issues going on last night, specifically a point guard who was colder than ice playing 31 minutes while a five-star freshman, one of the best high school players coming out this past year, sat on the bench and got a total, what, 12 minutes, seven minutes, whatever it was. Yeah, he got seven minutes, Fears did. Why didn't he get at least 15? Like, these are the things I want to know. And, and, and then Izzo in the postgame, if, if, uh, if you were right, Jeff, that this hadn't, and he had none of this on his hands, then he wouldn't have said this in the postgame. And I'm not making this up. He said that in the locker room after the game, Hogard came up to him and said, you need to bench me. That right there sums it up. Tom Dusty Baker Izzo will not sit these guys down who have been here for a few years when they're stinking it up. But if a five-star freshman comes in and is doing pretty well but goes under one screen, his ass is on the pine. Why? That's backward. That actually was my next and second point. That is his downfall. I said this last week when I talked to you. He has, he just stays with his people way too long. So Cisco needs to come off the bench and be a relief player. All he is is a foul waiting to happen. And Hoggard, yeah, he even if he did say that. Thank God, because that's going to happen to him. I swear in the next game, Tom's going to yank him so quick and he's not going to play the rest of the game. Pierce is going to get out there. You said when is it time? If he doesn't do what we're talking about right now the next few games, then it's time to really start saying, are we too old school? Can we not change our ways? Are we not going to be able to turn this around? What is, what's the point then? Like, at what point does that happen for you? You said the next few games. I mean, they play Butler on Friday. We could not be a 500 team. We could not be six and six. If we lose gotcha. more than six games this whole year, up until uh, until March, that's too far. He's got enough talent. We are not going to lose six or seven games. What does it matter if that talent's on the bench, though, dude? That's my problem. You're right. It's it's a super talented team, but it the best talent isn't on the court. That, that that's what I don't get. It just drives me nuts. And I, I hopefully. Tom's going to wake up and realize we can't. It's like you're running a business. If you're running like you did 20 years ago today, right. you're not going to have employees and you're not going to be successful. Same yep. with coaching. I agree, man. Thanks for the call. Hey, and kudos to Jeff for, you know, calling right up to eat some crow because he, I think, yeah, Jeff was the first caller yesterday and let it off saying he was super confident they were going to go out there and beat Duke, which fine. I didn't have a problem with that. I, I picked State to lose to Duke just because I feel like I've seen this movie a million times. And that's the way it played out. And I'm not here to gloat today. I don't feel good about that. You think I wanted to come on here and be like, yeah, I totally knew we were going to get pantsed by Duke again. I'm not celebrating that. I want him to win that game. I'd like to come in here and be like, oh, cool. I was wrong. I'll take a big, 
warm heaping of crow. Keep it coming. I would love to do that show. I would love to have something positive happen for Michigan State sports to talk about. Obviously, with the context of this awful football season, we could have used that. But we definitely could have used it last night. We could have used the basketball team coming through and winning last night, beating Duke on a neutral court on national television prime time. Especially with everything that's going on with the coaching search. Rumors galore of the dude out of Virginia. Are you kidding me? 5-15 and is his career record. And... Jason Candle in Toledo. Tony Elliott and Jason Candle. While the rumor mill is going absolute berserk over those two guys as MSU's potential candidates for the, the coaching job here for football. We could have used basketball to distract us from that. I'm not relishing coming on here and, and, and doing this show. I wanted to come on and eat crow today. But that's the question. At what point? It's it just I can't take it because it's one thing when he has he being Izzo has an under talented roster, which that's happened a lot. They go head to head with an actual blue blood and it's not fair in terms of talent. We've seen that a lot. That's not the case this year. That is not the case. But what point is there in stockpiling that kind of talent if it's just there to do the same thing you and I do watch the game? And I'm not saying if Xavier Booker and Jeremy Fears Jr. had played a combined 30 or more minutes last night that they would have won. I doubt that. I still would have picked Duke if I had known that going in because of Duke's savvy and experience down low, which ultimately cost State the game. That's what I thought would happen. I don't think that changes with Booker in there. I don't think that changes with Fears in there. But again, it's, it's not just about losing another one of these Champions Classics games, or it's it's not about losing another game to Duke in November on a neutral court. No, it's about the full body of work, like the context of it. What's the point in stockpiling talent if you don't use it? Other big-time programs, they don't do that. They play those guys right away. And don't come into the show today with a talking point. Well, Izzo can't make the shots for him. That's true. That's true. But if a guy is cold as hell, isn't it the coach's job to, oh, I don't know, maybe use one of those premium talents he just stockpiled to go out there and see if he can do any better? I'll tell you, dude, it's damning what he said in the press conference, that Hogard came up to him in the locker room after the game and said, Coach, you need to bench me. That sums it all up right there. I mean, this is Dusty Baker levels, man. Dusty's guys, if you ever followed any team Dusty Baker was managing, he had this horrible, horrible problem. This horrible habit of being over-loyal to his dudes. Guys like Nafi Perez, who would play over like legitimate MLB guys just because they were his dudes and he was loyal to them. <laughs> Remind you of anybody? I'll put that out there for you. At what point are you going to call this out for what it is? A mediocre basketball program. And a Hall of Fame coach, there's no denying it, who has been mediocre himself over the last three-plus seasons. 
When are you ready to call that out? 517-300-4263 is the phone number. You can email the show beanie at wvfnam.com. You can use Facebook, send us a message or comment there. Just search Facebook for the game, 7.30 a.m. Or use the free game, 7.30 a.m. app. Click chat in the main menu. Sends over a free text to us. We'll read that on air, too. Here's one on Facebook right now from Terry. He says, my dude, Benny, I told everyone as soon as Kohler went down, they were going to struggle because they don't have that dog underneath the rim. And someone please tell Malik Hall he isn't Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant. You know, look, I'm tired of Malik Hall, too. But he wasn't near the number one problem last night. At least he scored. He put up 18 points. And he did create his own shot a couple of times and had a couple nice ones fall. Two for four from three. 7-11 from the field. I thought Hall was all right. I mean, State collectively misses way too many shots, like four feet in. And less, right? Especially last night. But that tends to happen when you're not as good under the rim. I don't think Jackson Kohler would make a huge difference last night. Here's why. I like the kid's game. He's got the footwork part that no other big on the roster has. But he's got no defense. Now, that could have changed over this offseason, maybe. And I know he changed his body a little bit. He looks a lot different, like he's lost some baby fat and, and muscled up. That's encouraging. I'm sure he wouldn't have been a negative having him out there last night, but I don't think he would make the difference either. Bottom line is the same fundamental problem that they had last season. We talked about it after they lost to James Madison. State still only has one guy it can go to in the clutch to create his own shot and score, and it's Tyson Walker. Well, Duke put a guy who had half a foot on him, and it bothered him. The length of that dude's defense bothered him for most of the game. He was just a little bit off. Now he started to heat up in the second half. And Hope, um, Walker finishes with a nice line, 22 points, 9 for 17 from the field, uh, 3 for 5 from beyond the arc. But it really doesn't tell the story of, of how frustrated he was and how good of a job Duke did defensively on him for the entire first half and then just enough in the second half to keep him from completely blowing the lid off. Same problem. They don't have secondary scoring. At least last year, they could count on Hauser for that, like, pull-up or trail three. They don't have that right now. And that hurts. Long season. I'm not saying you need to pull the ripcord and give up on this year. No. I am saying, though, that, look, there's a pattern. When they start the season off highly ranked, seems like a lot of times... That turns into them being unranked very quickly. There's a good chance when the next poll comes out in six days, over the course of two weeks, they will go from fourth to unranked. It's probably going to happen. And uh, I'm not so sure good things are going to happen against Butler on Friday night at Breslin. And I'm fully prepared for, you know what I'm really prepared to happen in that game? <laughs> we all know what's going to happen. Pierre Brooks is going to go off on Michigan State. He transferred to Butler, in case you weren't aware. And Butler comes in Friday to the Breslin. I'm fully prepared for Pierre Brooks to look like the, the player we expected him to be, Mr. Basketball here in this state, when Izzo got him a few years ago. He's going to finally put it all together against them. 
and they're going to come into Breslin and win? No, I think State will win the game. I just don't think it'll be pretty. But beyond that, you know, then they play Alcorn State here on, I think that's Saturday or no, it's Sunday. And then a week from tomorrow, they play Arizona, who, by the way, went to Cameron and beat Duke last week. You feel good about that? I don't. Not at all. That's out there for you today. Aaron from Olivet University messages in on Facebook. He says, I hate Tom is losing it, but at what point does he let the freshman loose? I did a podcast about this team for four years, and I'm willing to call it out even though I hate to do it. Well, good for you, man. There's nothing wrong with that. doesn't make you a bad Spartan or a bad fan or, or, or whatever you want to characterize it as. It's not bad of you. It's not bad of you to... There's nothing wrong with using your eyes and describing what you're seeing. Three-plus seasons, this has been an average, mediocre basketball team, an average, mediocre program. There's no denying it. Any way you slice it now. I mean, what's the high point over the last three years? You went to the Sweet 16 and lost. You know, that used to be quantified as an awful season around these parts. And we're celebrating it last year like it was an accomplishment. Blew my mind then, and it still does. Do you realize basically all the goodwill that uh, this group had built for itself and earned was based on beating a Marquette team that looks like it was pretty overrated? That's where it all came from. In hindsight, maybe Marquette was just a little too overinflated. Right? It's out there for you. Other stuff I want to get to today, we need to talk. I've hinted at it a little bit, but the coaching search, there's some stuff to go over there uh, for Michigan State. And coaching searches elsewhere, and I wonder, will those have an impact now? We'll get to that. The Lions made a free agency move yesterday, right after we got off the air to help the pass rush. We need to talk about that. And there was some movement in the college football playoff rankings. Not that it matters. This is obviously a transparent and obvious money grab and advertise and advertiser uh, revenue to, to try to keep this in the public consciousness and keep people tuning in week after week. And it works because we can talk about it. There was a little bit of movement there. All that and more the rest of the way here today on Offensive Minded with me, Beanie, on the game 730 a.m. We're back after these words. The Detroit Red Wings are back for another season on the Lansing Sports Network. He shoots, he scores on the backhand. Lansing's Big Talker, 1240 WJIM. Never miss a game again, whether you're on the go or just like doing it the old-fashioned way and sitting around the radio. He scores from the right side goal line. Every face-off and every playoff can be heard on Lansing's exclusive home for Detroit Red Wings hockey. 1240 WJIM, Lansing's only home for hockey. Get your Detroit Lions pregame fix all season with nachos and kneecaps. The Lansing area's very own local Detroit Lions tailgate show. Presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason. Join yours truly, Beanie, from Offensive Minded on the game 7.30 a.m. And Brock Palmbush every week about two hours before kickoff. We cover all the Lions angles, player availability, matchups, outrageous Dan Campbell in-game decisions and audio, local ski mask sales, and everything else. Nachos and kneecaps presented by Momentum Health Center in Mason is also brought to you by Miller Lite. On Classic Rock 94.9 MMQ and the game. 7.30 a.m. 
Hey, this is Mike from Bellinger Specialty Meats. Thanksgiving is coming up. We have fresh turkey, smoked turkeys, and spiral honey hams for your family's Thanksgiving feast. Stop out to Bellinger Specialty Meats and pick up a gift card for all your friends and family this season. We're also taking custom holiday orders. So see us at Bellinger Specialty Meats, two miles north of St. John's on US-127. And if you're heading up north for Thanksgiving, stop in and pick up your snacks for the road. Flavored pretzels, smoked pistachios, a variety of snack sticks, and beef jerky. You can even stop in Monday through Friday for a hearty meal from our special lunch menu. Go to BellingerSpecialtyMeats.com. Bellinger Specialty Meats. Make your Thanksgiving feast unforgettable. Bellinger Packing, come on and take a bite. Hi. What brings you to the clinic today? Oh, the baby's not feeling well. I think she might have a fever. Oh, well, let's check her temp with the Exergen thermometer. You're right. These Exergen thermometers are very accurate. Reads 101.2. Oh, gosh. Well, that Exergen thermometer sure is fast and easy to use. Yes, and many doctors recommend Exergen for home use. Exergen thermometers, backed by over 100 clinical studies, are available at Walgreens and participating retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. You could say we know a thing or two about sports. Let's go! We've only been doing it for 30 years. We're the game. 7.30 a.m. Okay, we're back. Hey, as Jim Ross would say, that's Dr. J's music. <laughs> well, I'll just ask you the question we've been asking the peeper. people. Good Lord. I'm, a, I'm being kind of mediocre today, just like Michigan State basketball the last three years. But no, seriously, that's the question, Dr. J. They're 60 and 41 now in the last three plus seasons including just 31 and 28 in Big Ten play. If you take out the automatic wins over the Oaklands and Southern Indianas of the world, Michigan State is only 45 and 41 over those last handful of seasons. Let's just call it what it is. It's mediocre, average program, or in terms of against measuring it against the standards that Izzo set himself here, they just haven't been good enough. At what point, are you willing to call it out for that? Are you there, Dr. J, after last night? I don't know. The regular season isn't what's important to me, though. It's the postseason. And I think they've been mediocre there as well. Yeah, like three haven't... and three. That's their NCAA yeah. tournament record the last three plus seasons. So that's what I would focus on more than the, the regular season play. I think in, in the tournament, how, how well have they done? How Not come, well enough. Like how we come, should be able to talk about it. How come and I'm not posting you up specifically because I hear this all the time from this fan base, but how come this fan base believes you can't have both? This fan base thinks it's one or the other. Well, I'd, I'd rather lose to Duke in November than in March. Well, spoiler alert, you lose to them both times. But what I'm saying is, why can't we have both? It seems The fans say this all, I hear this all the time. Like, well, uh, I'd rather... You know, have the growing pains now so that we can do better in the postseason. Why can't we have both? Why can't we win both? They have excellent talent. This is not a year where they just don't have the horses compared to the Kansases and, and Dukes of the world. You tell me. You watched that game last night. Do you think Duke completely outclassed them talent-wise? 
no, state just didn't do enough. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think there's a huge difference in talent. There might, I would say, Duke probably has a little advantage in that their best talent, Duke's is, is older. State's best talent is brand new. But the difference is John Shire, Bill Self, John Calipari, you name them. Those coaches, they don't defer to the four-year players who have been here forever. Instead, they'll just play the best player. They'll come right out, and they'll let a five-star freshman come in and have his growing pains on the court. That is not a thing here. Izzo has the Dusty Baker approach where he's loyal to his guys first. And I'm telling you, I know it's a cute little headline, and everyone is aw shucksing this today, but A.J. Hogard came up to Izzo after the game last night in the, in the, um, in the locker room. Izzo said this himself, and Hogard said, Coach, you need to bench me. I think that's a pretty damning development. Yeah. That's it. That's you just got. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's all I have. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that when a player recognizes what's wrong before the coach does, you got an issue. Well, I don't think Izzo's dumb. I don't think he took stupid pills or forgot everything he learned about basketball. I'm sure he knows. It's just he's. It's it, it boils down to the same thing with him for everything people criticize him for. Stubbornness. Obstinance. Intractability. A refusal to change. He will not compromise. And he's proud of that. I've heard him say it on Tim's show before. You know, he, he said, I'm I'm not willing to change. I'm not willing to do that. Well, no kidding. That's why AJ Hogard plays 31 minutes despite scoring two points. Two points. And then a five-star freshman, one of the best freshmen in the country, one of the best high school players coming out, and one of the best players State has ever gotten in recruiting, gets seven minutes last night behind him. It just... the things, the things don't work here like they do at other premier college basketball programs, and it pisses me off to no end. I know it's not any different. It's always been this way, but that's not okay with me. Like, what I mean is, I think if Xavier Booker and Jeremy Fears Jr. were on Kentucky or Kansas or North Carolina or Duke, I think they'd be getting more than seven minutes, and I think they would be major factors night in, night out. Instead... They get a combined 12 minutes last night for Michigan State. And Izzo says stuff like, well, Booker, he, you know, it's, it's going to take some time to bring him along. You know, there are going to be some times where he just doesn't play because of a matchup issue. Look, I understand what he's saying. Like, when they play Purdue, maybe it'll be different by then because it's going to be so late in the season. But if they played Purdue, like, right now, could Xavier Booker play a lot? No, because he'd get abused in the post by Edie. He just doesn't have the mass yet, right? I get that. But also, every other program would play those guys more to help them develop faster. And they also, for damn sure, wouldn't yank them at the first sign of mortality. That's the stuff that drives me nuts. Like, I get it. I know. I see the Final Four banners. I'm aware. But I'm also aware that things don't run as smoothly here as they do with those other big-time programs. Part of that's because State is not a blue blood 
And if that makes your blood boil hearing me say that, I'm sorry you reject reality. But the facts are, for one, Blue Bloods, that's not an open club. You don't get to join that. And by the way, if they were taking new members, which they're not, they wouldn't accept someone who's lost 41 games over the last three seasons. Sorry, that's not very Blue Blood material. John Freeberg, the mayor of Holt, in the free game 730 AM app, he says, MSU has the talent. What's going on with this team? How much of it is Izzo to blame? Well, first of all, he's the head coach and he's a Hall of Fame coach. So he's going to get a ton of credit when they go on Final Four runs, which is deserved. And he's going to take a ton of blame when things go wrong, which he should. That's deserved. So you can blame it all on him. That's fine. I think he would say that, right? He says that all the time. Don't come after the players. Come after me. Okay, fine. I will. You've been a mediocre basketball coach for three plus seasons. You have not been good enough. He does deserve a lot of the blame. Now, he can't go out there and shoot the ball for him. That has to fall on them. And they did a little bit better last night from three. State shot six for 19, which that's Herculean improvement over where they were, like 32%. Considering they were two for 31 coming in, which was 0.65%. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, yeah, I, look, and I'm not terribly worried about that. I think that'll come along. I'm not freaking out over that. Billis and company last night kept bringing that up. Oh, another, another missed jump shot. What they're saying is they're, they're trying to say Michigan State is a jump shooting team that doesn't hit jump shots. I, I don't think so. Look, a lot of these guys that shot 40-plus percent last year back, they didn't forget how to shoot threes. Tyson Walker was off last night because Duke put a 6'6 guy on him. It bothered him. Happens. He's got to learn to overcome that. Cassius Winston did. It eventually happened for him. He learned how to still perform when a bigger, more physically imposing defender was on him. He figured out how to do it. The great ones will. I bet Tyson Walker gets better. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about the three-point shooting. What I'm worried about is same problems as last year. There's no secondary scorer when Walker can't create for himself. When Walker can't take over, there's no one else who can give him a breather. Who's it going to be? I mean, Jaden Akins was really coming on at the end of last season. I I think there's a direct relationship between how Michigan State started to play much better down the stretch of last season, the regular season, and into the postseason, you'll notice it coincidentally lined up with Jay Nakins taking the next step. So I, I need to see that from him. He hasn't quite done it yet this year. I'm not freaking out. I've seen him. He's capable of it. I think it'll happen. A.J. Hogard has got to be the biggest disappointment. Like he is not even a, He's not even attacking the rim, let alone finishing when he gets there. That's got to change. That's his entire game. Where's that been? But um, honestly, look, the biggest issue besides that is something that plagued them all last year. They got nobody at the five. Nobody. Sissoko might as well have been on roller skates last night. Booker, like, he's not ready defensively. He just, it's not his fault. Cooper has gotten better but is still not 
against an opponent like that and a savvy big, he's just he's going to get made to look silly a few times. It's just going to happen. And people, if if you think Kohler is going to be like the knight in shining armor, I got bad news for you. That dude's not a good defender. Now he can score, and that'll be nice. But he, unless he came a long way in the offseason defensively, it's probably not going to be much difference for uh, when he's out there defensively either. You know what, Dr. J? How many times did we see State put out a lineup that just, there were too many black holes offensively? You know what I mean? Like, we saw yeah. lineups like with, you know, Sissoko and Booker were playing together at one point. Dude, when you do that, that's a power play for Duke. For Duke's defense specifically. Like State, he rolled out some lineups for considerable stretches of game time where there were three basically empty spaces on the offensive end of the court. And I, look, you're going to struggle against any opponent with a pulse, let alone Duke. And I, by the way, the idea that Duke all of a sudden wasn't going to be a bugaboo because Mike Krzyzewski's gone. Yeah. Um, hmm, about that. Izzo himself says it all the time. It's about players. It's about players. State couldn't account for the Filipowski kid. It all started there. That's basically where it ended. Everything went through him. That made everything better. That Proctor guy was pretty damn good, too. And the dude over, uh, off the bench, Foster, buried him. He, he's the one that hit the two kill shots, those back-to-back threes that ended it. Just uh, not, a very good, not a very good basketball program the last three-plus years. And we've got people out here still parading around expecting, like, frankly, Duke or Kansas-level results. Guys, they haven't been that since Cassius Winston left. It's been a minute. So I suspect, uh, look... I think they're going to be more growing pains. I'm not so sure it's going to look pretty against Butler in a couple of days. And I know it ain't going to look pretty against Arizona in a week. Because Arizona went into Cameron Indoor and beat that Duke team you struggled with last night. Buckle up. That's all I'm saying. Everyone thought, whoop, top five preseason ranking, an influx of, of talent, the likes of which Izzo's never gotten here. And this is going to be the exact elixir we needed to balance out the morbidity of football season around here. And it's not, guys. It's, it's going to be a long season. This is not going to be a 30-win team. This is not a team that's going to cruise through the Big Ten only losing four or five games. No, I think it's going to look remarkably similar to what it has the last few years. I think they'll have a better shot by the time it all wraps up. you know, to do something because by then I think these freshmen will be more developed. But I think we're going to have a lot of growing pains and a lot of frustration. It's going to look pretty similar, I think, to the last few years. Uh, one more message here in the free game, 7.30 a.m. app before we get out. Hobbs and Puamo says, Beanie, you're playing a very dangerous grass is always greener game talking about Izzo. All right, that's the second person that's strawmanning me today. I have not once called for Izzo's termination ever let alone in this this two segments of this show today in fact dr jake can vouch for me my position on this on him specifically 
and about Michigan State basketball once he's gone has always been the same. You're going to realize that this is not a blue blood program once he's gone. He is Michigan State basketball. Hell, we say it all the time on the show. He is Michigan State. And he's a Hall of Fame coach for a reason. It was well-deserved. Doesn't make him immortal. Doesn't make him infallible. But see, this is the problem, man. This is the freaking problem with this fan base. You hold the guy to account. You hold the guy to the standards he sets for himself and his own program, and the minions come after you. You know what that reminds me of? The cult down the road. Don't be like that. We're not like that. By the way, I'm pretty sure if Izzo was suspended twice in the same season for different NCAA scandals, I'm pretty sure our team wouldn't have free Izzo shirts or Michigan State versus everyone shirts. And I know like Graham Couch and uh, other Michigan State media core members would not be out there blatantly carrying the water for Tom Izzo in this program. I also know if Tom Izzo were suspended two times in the same season for different NCAA scandals, that his first press conference after the second suspension started, I know Graham and Solari and all those guys, they wouldn't spend the press conference asking him his thoughts on the productivity of chickens. (laughs) Or asking him about watching Judge Judy. There'd be some serious questions. Don't be like that, man. Yeah, he's a Hall of Fame coach. And this program, every accomplishment that they've had traces directly back to that man's hands. His fingerprints are all over all of this. And practically everything good that has happened to Michigan State sports in the last quarter century, you can trace it back to Izzo in some form or fashion. D'Antonio happened in large part thanks to Izzo. Take none of that away because it's all true. But what else is true is he's been a mediocre basketball coach for three plus seasons now. And if you can't handle that, if you don't want to hear that, you're no good than the brainless, drooling dumbasses 60 miles southeast of here. Back after these words. 